Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. Hey guys, episode 17. Um, I have been away from the recording for a little while. The last three episodes already had loaded up, ready to go. And uh, so I've just released them on Mondays, but I'm actually sitting here actively. I have no more episodes, as I say, in the box, loaded, ready to go. And I only have a few more days left until Monday. So I got to get something out to you guys. This shit is so much harder than I thought it would ever be. Like at first, I had all this stuff I want to talk about. Well, now I'm running out of things to talk about. And so it's getting a little bit harder uh, to come up with the content. And so I've really been looking into the guest angle and I have some people that I'm interested in still have some things I'm thinking about doing. So one of the things I'm thinking about doing is, um, I'm thinking about my guests would be a little bit different. I think I wanted to start doing a lot of first responders who are willing to talk about stuff openly because I know, I know how liberating it can be and they don't actually necessarily have to be first responders, but that kind of has happens to be you know, my target audience. So, um, it could be anybody that's experienced trauma that would kind of like to get, just get some shit off their chest. Maybe people that haven't spoken about it before. And I know, I know how hard that could be, but I also know how liberating that can be. Um, so I got the whole zoom thing figured out and I figured out how to, I don't want to do the audio version. I mean the video version just yet. So I think what I'm going to do is I can record some interviews via zoom and then I can extract the audio. Yeah, look at me getting all technologically savvy. Uh, I have figured all that out, but it hasn't gone without the help of uh, behind-the-scenes individuals that are very special to me and helping make sure that my little podcast is running successfully. So it's not just me. I have a team of one other person. <laughs> so, man, I hope you guys are doing good. Um, last... Um, Last episode was called Broken Compass, and it's really because I had no direction uh, which way I wanted to take the the episode. And that's I'm kind of back there again. This, you know, at first I had all these different topics I wanted to roll out, and I've run through them all. So now I'm just kind of spitballing. I am uh, I am proud to say that I just recorded an episode. I was a guest on Team Never Quits podcast. If you're not familiar, I don't know how how in the hell you wouldn't be, but. Team Never Quit is a um, podcast that's run by Marcus and Morgan Latrell. Marcus is known as the uh, Lone Survivor Navy SEAL uh, from Operation Red Wings. If you guys uh, 
you know, just a lone survivor. So that's who that is. Uh, Marcus was not in studio that day. So it was, uh, it was Morgan and I, his, his twin brother. And we had a phenomenal conversation and I can't wait for that thing to air. I think it's going to come out in June. Um, but I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. And when it does, um, shoot over to team never quits podcast and give it a listen. I think, uh, I think you'll find it informative. Hopefully they edit out a few things that <laughs> was the problem with dudes like us, man. When we start talking that filter, there is no filter. Uh, and that lack of filter can get you in trouble these days. So I just got back, um, from the farm and I just learned this, this big word. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Now, my spelling is, you know me, it, it is just is what it is. Amygdala. I'm just going to call it amygdala, all right? It's a part of the brain. The amyg- It's called an amygdala hijack. And what the amygdala hijack is, and look, don't don't be corrected me because I don't, I don't need to be corrected, whatever. Just, get, just dig it, all right? Boy, I went to the 70s on that reference. Just dig it. The amygdala hijack, amygdala is a part of the brain that apparently controls the um, the fight or flight response in human beings. And studies have shown those exposed to PTSD, post-traumatic stress, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> are more sensitive in that part of the brain. So that fight or flight response comes out a lot quicker than it does for normal people. That's my understanding of it. I actually just got out of a therapy session an hour ago and... I learned about this in my therapy session with my therapist and it's pretty exciting stuff. And the reason I want to explain a little bit of that is I had a, uh, I had an episode this week while I was at my farm. So check out what was going on. My dad, my dad came up to the farm and we were out there burning off some pastures, um, clearing, clearing some land to make for smoother pastures for when I do decide to get my animals out. Um, and I also got to tell you about the uh, the auction, so don't let me forget. So anyway, while we're clearing land, nobody's ever been up my driveway. My house sits a thousand feet off of the driveway, so it's it's a little over three football fields back um, where the house is, and we're working um, a little closer to the house in the tree line. And I see this car coming up the driveway, and it wasn't just coming up the driveway; it was it was rolling. I mean, it was now, mind you, we have piles of debris burning, but I'm in the country in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody out there and nobody's ever been up my driveway other than my immediate family and myself. And so my dad's dog starts barking and I immediately go to kill mode and without giving it a second thought, without hesitating and thinking, Oh, this could be somebody coming up here because I have the fires going. All I saw was a car coming and I immediately perceived it as a threat to, to me and my father. So I told my dad, I yelled over at my dad. I said, stay put. I grabbed my Glock off of the Polaris. I grabbed two rounds or two Mac, two, two magazines, which holds my ammo. I put one in my pocket. I have the other one in my hand, getting ready to do a tactical reload. If I have to get going on this vehicle, that's rolling up on me. Granted, we're in the country where everybody's just gets along, but this is what I'm getting at about the, amygdala hijack it took over my brain and i didn't know this until today i just learned this my brain was in fight mode and it didn't need to be and i'm sure that happens to a lot of you out there who also 
have experienced post-traumatic stress, trauma. Um, so here's what, what happened. I get up to the car. I see the car. I'm approaching the car. A pistol is in my hand. And it's the closer I get, I'm like, shit, this is, a, this is an unmarked police car. And I still don't register. They're coming up here because of the smoke. So I, all I know is, well, I don't want to get shot if this is a cop. So I stick my pistol in my pocket and the, uh, it's still hanging out my pocket. I mean, it's, it's very visible, but I'm no longer showing this vehicle that I'm about to, you know, put, put a couple through your windshield. Well, guy pulls up and puts his window down and I, I, I couldn't even see in the car cause of the way the sun was shining. And I said, can I help you in a very aggressive, um, confrontational tone? Because again, think about it. I'm on a property that sits way off of the road. There's no reason anybody needs to be driving up this driveway. This isn't like my house in the city where I live in a cul-de-sac and cars drive through all the time. And if somebody parks at your house, it could be a mistake. You actually have to intentionally drive up this driveway. So the man puts his window down and it happens to be the gentleman that owns the automotive um, shop down the road, about a mile, mile and a half down the road. And I've met him one other time and he goes, Hey man, it's me. And they said his name and I, and I was like, Oh, Hey, Hey, how you doing, sir? I immediately changed my tone and I realized, Hey, there's no, there's these people aren't here to kill me. They're just here to say whatever. And I said, I didn't recognize, I didn't recognize you in this car. And he goes, yeah, I'm not in my truck today. This is my wife's car. And he introduces me to his wife and he's trying to get out of there. You can tell that I scared him because he definitely saw how I was approaching him, but he scared me in the same sense. I tried to make small talk and he, um, he didn't want any part of it. He, he turned around and left. He goes, but before he did, he was like, you know, we saw all the smoke. We just wanted to come up here and, and make sure everything was okay. And I was like, yes, sir. Everything's fine. I was like, I'm just burning off some piles, trying to clear out this pasture. And he left. So I went back and told my dad, I said, dad, I said, I actually, I actually feel kind of bad because I'm going right to my perception of the real world. I'm going, I, I go from zero to that in the blink in the flip of a switch. <clears throat> and like I always say, I know I'm different and it's hard for other people to understand that haven't been through the things we've been through. It's hard for them to, you know, now that guy probably left and thinks I'm the biggest douchebag on the planet. But next week when I go back to town, I'm going to stop in at a shop and tell him, thank you for stopping in, you know, checking on me. And then if he brings up the gun or anything, I'll just be like, look, man, I, I didn't know who you were. And next time you come in my driveway, beep the fucking horn or something, you know? So I'll tell you another, uh, damn, boy, I got another story about this. This is crazy. So it's all these, all these thoughts are coming back now because it just makes, it makes so much sense that something in our brains override the way we react. And it's not the way a normal person would react. Real world scenarios have led me real life experience, I should say, has led me to react the way that I react. And that's why we come off as abrasive and sometimes a little too much. And you can rub a lot of people, especially the ones that live in a bubble their whole life that hadn't even seen a bloody fucking nose. You can rub them the wrong way. They just don't understand us. We come off as monsters, but we're not. I was just trying to protect myself and my dad, you know? And then I look back and I'm like, well, what if that would have been an aggressive situation and I would have been too relaxed and I would have been, uh, I would have just walked up there without my weapon and I could have got smoked. Think that shit doesn't happen. And then my father could have got hurt. Think that shit doesn't happen. It happens all over the world. It, it only resonates with people when it happens to them or either 
close by in their community. But other than that, you know, most people, they, they don't, they don't see the real world that way. Um, here's another, another one I was just thinking about that. And this is, this is why I like the new Travis. I like who I've become. Um, I like learning about myself and why I'm the way that I am. And I'm proud of myself. I'm not disappointed with myself anymore. I'm not disgusted with myself because I used to think back in the day, um, I went through, through a very dark period where I thought I was just too far gone to be fixed. And I was, um, just too much for everybody around me, but I'm not, I'm a human. I've been exposed to certain things and my brain has been rewired. And this is pretty neat learning about it because now I know I have challenges ahead of me and it's, I have to be able to control my reactions. And I think that's in all of us that have been affected this way. And those of you that are listening, if you have a spouse or someone that you care about and you see them reacting quickly to situations, that's how we were trained our entire lives. We're trained to react immediately without a second thought. And sometimes it may be the wrong reaction, but it's a fucking reaction. I'd rather, I'd rather be reactive than non-reactive. And I think in either situation, no matter if you react or you don't react, ultimately you're going to be left thinking, did I react the right way? Did, did I do the right thing? Um, that, that other story I want to tell you about is, is it's not that crazy, but it's total. This makes sense now. This is crazy. Cause this is all, I didn't think about this before I started talking about through this episode. I just had a note to mention what amygdala hijacking is and I was working on one of the houses that I was rehabbing that I was flipping one time and it was just me I was over there I was doing some cabinet work and uh, this one was actually in my neighborhood which is a very safe place I mean it just just is I've done some houses in some not so safe places and I've done them in some really safe places and this is probably the safest one I've ever done and uh, I was working on the house I was inside all the doors were closed and all of a sudden somebody walks in and goes, Hey, and that, that was it. I jumped up and I started yelling and I recognized who it was. It was one of the people from the neighborhood that I, that I actually know. And I went off on him and I, I told him, I said some pretty evil things to him. And, and I remember seeing his face and he goes, dude, you, you just kidding. And I said, I'm not fucking kidding at all with you. Get the fuck out. And I don't even want to repeat the things that I said. There's no, I mean, there's no excuse, but understanding it now, I mean, what happened was my mind went straight to fight mode in an instant, like a light switch, because I felt an imminent threat come through that door. And like I say, I'm not somebody who has just lived in a bubble their entire life. I mean, I, uh, he's lucky He's lucky I didn't pull my weapon out on him because it's it's always right there. And it's I felt bad, but I actually went over uh, afterwards, after I calmed down a little bit, I went over to his house and, and I apologized to him. And I said, look, man, there's things about me that you don't know. And I don't need to get into justifying it. I said, but just understand that I, I really, truly am sorry for the way that I reacted for you coming in the house like that. I said, but in the future, if you want to come over, please just be normal and knock on the door, ring the doorbell or something. Don't just bust in like that. And I was like, cause I don't react like normal people do. And he, 
he was trying to figure me out like, well, what the fuck's wrong with you? But he, you know, he understood it. And he's like, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry too. My apologies. I think he understood that, that he kind of crossed the line a little bit, but, uh, there, we both learned something from one another that day, which brings me to, let me pull my notes out or my, I got my pencil brings me up to the point of apologies. Now I've said this in the past. I say this in my book. I'm not against apologizing. I've never been a person that, that is um, too big to apologize. If I'm wrong, I'll fucking, I admit it every time I own it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid because I think pride is a stupid thing. I think many men and many women have died because of pride. I think people have ruined things because of pride. I don't let pride, maybe in the moment I'll let pride affect me, but after a cool down period, I, I, I have the ability to put my pride to the side. And that's one thing that I actually am proud of. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I don't sugarcoat it. If I did something that made somebody feel a certain way and I am truly wrong for it, I'll apologize for it every fucking time. And in my apologies, I've always been like this. I always believed if you're going to apologize to somebody, do it the right way. You give a wholehearted apology and you don't make any excuses for it. Because when you make excuses for apologizing, that's not a true apology. Especially when you apologize to someone and then you turn it on them to make it their fault for the way you mistreated them. That's what I don't like. I'm not going to name drop. And I'm going to be careful not to situation drop. <laughs> but I actually, I, I received an apology last week. And it was the most half-assed apology I've ever heard in my life. And it was, um, it was very condescending. And after it was over, I wanted to, I wanted to really tell this person what I thought about their bullshit apology. I wanted it, but then I was like, you know what? I was just going to open a whole nother can of worms. I'm just going to be the bigger person and just let them keep thinking that I'm the fucking problem. And here's what happened. So after, um, gotta be, gotta be careful here. So there's a person that has crossed the line with me a few times, actually many times. And I've always held my tongue and, uh, that's not something I'm very good at, but I've held my tongue because of a respect situation of respect that I have for other people around, um, this, this person, <clears throat> because I know that I can be very, um, very quick with my tongue sometimes. And I think a lot of times words, words cut very deeply. So anyway, I've always been a very matter of fact guy, but I had, I really had to hold back on this and this is what this, so this is what happened. And uh, I'm not saying I was right. And this person was wrong. I'm just, we rolled into apologies here. I got a note about apologies. So this is, this is where we've arrived in this episode. So person proceeds to apologize for something that was, um, that happened several years ago that I guess they thought that that's the only reason I was upset with them. And it wasn't. The reason I was upset with this person was because they are always, they have crossed the line many times with me. 
and never apologize for any of it. And two, they're very, um, oh, fuck, just nosy. And they ask too many questions about certain situations. All right. So anyway, when I got this apology, this person proceeded to tell me, well, I'm sorry for that one incident that was so long ago. Immediately minimalizing um, the event, which wasn't the only reason that I'm very standoffish with this person. Um, And then somewhere during the conversation, kept dropping the, well, because you're the way that you are. And I wanted to, dude, I wanted to come unglued, but I couldn't. And that was the hardest, that's one of the hardest things I've ever done was hold my tongue that day. And prove my point. But I was like, you know what? There's no point to prove. It's only going to make things worse. So I'm just going to hear this half-ass apology that's going on and move the fuck on. So first of all, if you're going to apologize to someone, don't apologize to them and then turn it around on them because they are the way that they are. No, motherfucker, you're a way that you are too. You know, it works two ways. The problem with people like me is I'm not accommodating to a lot of feelings and I'm not, I don't set out to hurt people's feelings, but I don't sugarcoat shit. And if you, and if you annoy me and you, and you rub me the wrong way, then yeah, I'm standoffish with you. And I keep my conversations very limited and very minimal. And I keep my distance very minimal because you're not ready for me. When you, when you do cross that line, you're not going to be ready for it. So out of respect for both of us, I tend to just keep the distance and that's my way of keeping the peace but then i guess some people perceive that as being rude or um whatever here's a problem with many people in the first responder military community i have a note here it says the problem with people like us is when you don't take shit from anybody it seems like you have a problem with everybody And let me say that again. When you don't take shit from anybody, it comes across as if you have a problem with everybody. And that whole perception is reality. That's what it is. That's people's reality. They think that they should be able to speak to you and treat you and and cross your boundaries and disrespect your boundaries. And you're just going to sit there and take it. Well, the problem with people like me and people like us that most of you that are listening to this podcast is we don't we don't take that shit from people we're we work and serve in environments where we make quick decisive decisions we don't worry about a whole lot of feelings you know what i mean because people's lives are at at stake and so i don't have time to play patty cake in my life i'm not a rude guy i'm not a disrespectful guy i respect everybody equally i give you the same amount of respect that you put out but if you cross that fucking line with me i don't care what your title is If you cross that line with me, you've crossed it. But here's a cool thing about, I think, with my stance with apologies. I'm all about, if you give a sincere apology and you truly mean it and you can see it and feel that apology from somebody, I let bygones be bygones and I will drop whatever the fuck it was right there. But if you want to make things worse, give me a half-ass apology. Because I promise you, that that all that does is make it worse. Um, moving on. So, 
last weekend, (laughs) you ever had complete peace and then utter fucking chaos on top of that peace? Well, let me tell you about it. I was at the farm last weekend and uh, my wife and kids come out and I was on the phone with my friend Randy when they were pulling in the driveway. And I go, dude, I said, um, my family just got here. I'm going to call you back, but I'm betting you I don't last 30 minutes before these girls come unglued up here and, and fuck up my little bit of peace. Now, I love having my kids up there. That's not what I'm saying. Boy, they can they can disrupt some peace. I tell a joke in my stand-up. I'm like, I didn't realize the joy that a toddler could actually take away from you. And uh, I talk about when I was when my girls were toddlers. And I won't give the rest of that away because you gotta pay to come see those, baby. Um But I remember I was out there and I looked at my wife and I go, I'm about I'm about to send y'all home. I mean, cause it they, these girls, I if y'all have kids, I don't know if they fight or not. My girls are well-behaved, they're well-mannered, but they do not get along with one another. Like, these are it's a UFC fight from sunup to sundown with them. If I separate them, they're fine. I can take one for a walk, take one for a bike ride. Um, well, that fucks me up. But you know what I'm saying? If I separate them, they're good. But when they're together, it's a, it's a crapshoot, and it's all day, every day. So anyway, it adds a lot of stress. And I remember getting so stressed out I was out there, and I felt like, Somebody had just taken a flashbang and threw it in the middle of my therapy session. You guys ever have days like that? Think about that. You're in there with your therapist. You're pouring your heart out. You're feeling calm. Your breathing's good. You just, oh man, just total relax, relax. And then boom, a fucking concussion grenade goes off in the room. That's exactly what it felt like for me. Um, may or may not had to do some discipline um, out there. I don't like doing discipline on the farm. I tell them, I'm like, look, this is like a library. Y'all come out here and you be quiet. We walk around with our finger over our mouth out here <laughs> like you do in a school hallway. But once you, the thing is about your, your peaceful environment, once you disrupt that peace, it's really hard to get it back, at least for me anyway. Because if, if I'm in that peaceful setting and then chaos ensues, like I'm not, I don't like freeze up. I can certainly... Uh, function during chaotic um, events. The problem is I start getting and turning into like a more animalistic person. I get more short tempered. I get very, um, very distant, very, very quickly. Um, It's like you can feel a rage going on inside of you. And it's because I, uh, I've, I've had a chaotic life and I don't want that anymore. I want complete peace. And when you bring chaos into the peaceful, peaceful world, it's, um, well, it's fucking chaotic. So at the end of our little adventure with the girls, I, um, I went back home a little later that day and, um, I was driving back and I was watching people with campers They were pulling campers. And I was on the phone with my friend Randy and I was watching people pull boats down the interstate. And I started thinking I was feeling kind of, I was actually feeling kind of bad. Cause I was like, man, I go, look at these folks, dude, they're pulling campers, they're pulling boats. And I said, here's where it is. Remember where we talked about in the earlier episodes, how sometimes you just don't feel alive and you don't feel fulfilled. I guess I don't, for whatever reason I was feeling that way. And I told Randy, I said, bro, I go, I wish 
I could be that guy pulling that camper. I wish I could be that guy pulling that boat excited about wherever I'm going to or coming from, but I don't get that sense of excitement with any other activities. All I like doing is going to my farm and working. And he goes, bro, you got your own campground. He goes, why do you need a fucking camper? And boom, right there. It, it slapped me back into reality. So even I need these reality checks. It's, it's all about perspective and everything that we're going through is perspective. And he says, you know, man, he goes, when's the last day you, when's the last time you really worked? And we joke about this all the time because I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life. I don't, I've never worked a nine to five job. I've never clocked the fuck in and clocked out and said, well, I got to go do it again tomorrow. You know, with hesitation in my voice, all the, the, the careers that I had were wonderful. I couldn't wait to get there. I couldn't wait to work late. I mean, I never felt like I had a job. And certainly since I've been retired, I, I don't feel like I've had a job because I've done the things I want to do and in life. And so I told him, I said, I, I don't know last time I clocked in for a job, man, or, or um, he said, uh, <coughs> excuse me. He goes, think about it, man. Those, those poor, that poor guy that you saw that camper pulling that camper today. He said he probably got off work Friday, drove five or six hours to a campground after work, <coughs> which would put him at the campground around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. He probably set up, went to bed, sat around all day Saturday with his family, cooking at his, with his camper, spent the night Saturday and then had to pack it up Sunday and drive back home to clock into a fucking job. He hates Monday. He's like, what are you bitching about? And I was like, dude, preach it, brother. Give it to me. Slap me in the face with some perspective because he was hundred percent correct. hundred percent. And I think that happens all around us. Um, we see other people not, I'm not saying you keep up with the Joneses, but you notice the Joneses and you notice what they're doing and, and not everything you see. It's not, it's not reality, right? It's not like that guy was just some highly motivated guy that, man, I'm going to go pull my boat around the country every day and just live. No, you're right. He, he probably, like a lot of people that I know, he probably doesn't like what he does for a living and he's probably dreading and that is his escape. And so I have a farm and that is my escape. And for that short time, I was having a fucking pity party and that's not good. But it is, I guess shit, I guess it is good because we all have to be slapped in, in the face. And hopefully, maybe this is slapping some of y'all in the face right now because, you know, I, I don't, I certainly try not to pretend to be perfect um, at all. I think I try to be very transparent with everybody. Um, I think from social media, it may look like I don't have any problems. But when I get on here, I think you can certainly tell I, I certainly have my share of problems and I don't try to hide those problems. And there's there's things that I, I decide to keep to myself because... I mean, being transparent is one thing, but, you know, putting your whole fucking life out there is a whole nother thing. Um, but anyway, I hope that that story can kind of resonate with you. And I hope that maybe it can cheer you up a little bit because it, it, it worked for me. Short little episode this week, but Hey, guess what? May 26th. Um, my Charlotte area friends, I'll be kind of near you. I'll be in Concord, North Carolina, May 26th. It's on a Wednesday night. I know it's a school night. Um, I'm doing a restaurant um, called the Buzzed Viking in Concord, North Carolina. If you want details to that, um, shoot me a message or whatnot. That's probably one of the last dates I'm doing until August. Um, just I've, I've 
taking some little bit of time off so I can get stuff straight at the farm and all that. But I wanted to do that one because I love going up the middle North Carolina area, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> so, um, hope you guys enjoy this episode again. I think we're kind of a little all over the place, but I'm glad I was able to get some of this stuff out and kind of tell you, um, what's going on with the trajectory of this. Uh, I do look, if you're a first responder and you want to talk and you want to, um, set something up, shoot me a DM. Let's do it. Well, uh, I can, I can do two things. One, I don't have to divulge who you are. You can just speak. Um, I'm only using the audio from it. So we'll be able to zoom. I mean, obviously I'll know who you are, but if you want to talk about some trauma and talk about some, um, resiliency in your life, I'd love to share your story. So shoot me a message and we can talk about, um, if you, if you need anonymity, we can give that to you. If you don't need anonymity, we can give that to you too. So I think it'd be a cool episode. Uh, you guys have a great week. Thanks for supporting me. Um, again, I, I can't do it without you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Mm-hmm.